worst kept secret in the luxury social events industry is that businesses are developed through networking, referrals and word of mouth. RSVP puts all of you in the room and lets the conversations happen. We are a member networking community for the elite of the global wedding and party industry, producing symposium conferences, awards, networking theme parties, breakfast clubs, and now weekly member podcasts and much more. So welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With podcast. Our guest today describes herself as thus. I'm a third culture child with a brother and sister. Born in London to Nigerian parents who came to study in the UK. My father was an engineer. My mother was a qualified teacher and nurse who worked for the National Coal Board. I was taken back to Nigeria after primary school in a huge culture shock to continue my education. Expectations were huge. Doctor, lawyer, or family disgrace were the only options. I completed the first of my two of my five degrees at the University of Lagos in microbiology and parasitiology. I came back to the UK and worked as a biomedical scientist, but wasn't happy. So after 13 years of being a lab rat, I decided to, to change careers, became a headhunter, and then subsequently embarked on my third career, deciding to follow my passion and make cakes, and fourthly, also become a luxury business consultant. Welcome, lady of many, many lives, Elizabeth Solaru. Thank you so much, James. What a kind introduction. <laughs> well, uh, the first thing I have to say is, if I ever get anything growing inside of me, I know where to go now. Ah, uh, well, but I'm not a qualified medical doctor <laughs> the only thing i can do is maybe look at random samples that are extracted from parts of your body well well i think it's best to leave it there to, <laughs> without going to, into which parts you would want to examine so 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 there we go so um let's take you right back anyway this is um is a podcast about you you the person rather than elizabeth the award-winning cake maker and business consultant so born in london nigerian parents Tell us about your growing up in your family. Obviously, there was a bit of change, as you probably discussed. But uh, I mean, what was your first memory, for example? My first memory was being given the biggest bag of sweets. It was a brown bag um, by my mum to take to school, to share with some of my classmates because it was my birthday. Um, I must have been so young, but I know that we used to get milk. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. one of the earlier the, the, we used to get milk in school um and i and they made me sit next to this big boy really big boy he was like twice the size of everyone else, everyone else in the class and he used to spill his milk and that really irritated me and i and it's really weird i've not thought of that for years and years until you asked me that question, I was like, actually, that's one of the, so the big bag of sweets for sure. And because I remember the teacher asking me, do you want to eat the sweets before or after break time? And I remember thinking in my head, it doesn't make any difference. You know, I just want my sweets. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's my earliest memory. <laughs> and at which school was it? Where, where, where was the school? Oh my God. I, I think it was St. Helens Primary School, Ladbroke Grove, because we lived in Ladbroke Grove around mm -hmm. that time. So it's probably called St. Helens Primary Catholic, whatever school it was. But I know it was a Catholic school because we had to, every morning, obviously you ha we had to 
recite Hail Mary and full of grace, the Lord is with thee. So yeah, I remember it was a Catholic primary school, but that's all I remember. Okay, okay. Well, we must be of a similar age because I do also remember receiving milk at primary school when I was very young. I don't think they do that anymore. I mean, the difference is I probably didn't need it. I was probably the big boy sat next to you. So (laughs) spilling it everywhere anyway. Now I understand why he spilled his milk. (laughs) (laughs) And your father was an engineer. Where did he work? Which projects did he work on um, as an engineer? Him and my mom, well, he came to the UK as, you know, as a student in those days. Um, you They came in the 50s and the 60s to study and went back. The one thing was he was very adamant about going back. So because of that, he actually made sure that he got to work on really decent engineering projects so he can take it back to the UK. So he actually worked for Chelsea and Kensington mm-hmm. Council. And I remember he said something about working on building estates, so council estates, maintaining bridges, um, really big projects. So some he said he couldn't talk about. I, I have no idea why, but I know he spoke about working on bridges and working on building council houses. And when you went back to Nigeria, did he continue that work and in, in building the infrastructure in Nigeria as well? Oh, absolutely. He His first and probably last job, because it was a career civil servant, was at the Ministry of Works and Housing. And he did oversee the building of a town called Satellite Town. And he did work a little bit on another town called Festac Town, because we ended up living in Festac Town, So he did oversee, he was very much into things being lines, you know, things being done properly, constructed properly. And he was very much a teacher as well. So towards the end of his career, he got given a school for draftsmen to run. So he was the principal. He set up the school. um, He ran that school. And the aim was every draftsman that graduated Mm -hmm. from the school will actually get employment. So 100% employment was guaranteed before you even joined the school. Okay, wonderful. We're going to move on now to your creativity, which, and, and your CV maybe doesn't say that you are a creative person, but... You are in this wonderful industry of ours, so you must be, and you make the most beautiful cakes. But are you into music? Is, is that a, some kind of an art form that you like, or, or are there others? Right. Um, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up the question around creativity, because I spent probably the first 30-something years of my life thinking I wasn't creative, because I, I was good at sciences, and I was made to do science. So I honestly thought I wasn't, but my favourite art form had always been cakes. I don't know why. I just love cakes. And to your question, yes, I do love music. I love every, (laughs) almost every, except death metal. (laughs) Because I did try to get into death metal, but I couldn't. But my record collection is anything from country music to rap music to classical music. So I love a wide genre of music. So what was the first gig you went to? Oh, um, the first gig was a band called Lakeside. 
And they sang the song, Come Along Something Fantastic Voyage. (laughs) (laughs) It was used recently in an advert. I can't sing, by the way. I'm not a singer. But it was used recently in an advert. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I remember going to this concert many, 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 many moons ago. Um, I'm not going to tell you when, but it was so long ago. But it was. And yeah, it was fantastic. They were an, a black American soul band. And they, there was this guy in Nigeria. He kept bringing these bands into the country. And lots of us young people... So we would flock to go and see these bands at the National Theatre. Wonderful. And do you have a favourite film you could watch all the time and never get bored with it? Yes. Um, I have two films. The first one, I can't say anymore because it's not politically correct to like that film anymore. Okay. <laughs> but I do like it because <laughs> I didn't know better. Okay. <laughs> but my other film, the safer choice that I'm going to talk about is A Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. I just love, I love the story arc. I love that it starts out, you know, slow. I love you get to see. And all the while, this guy was planning and planning and planning. And when it came to execution, he just executed the perfect revenge, redemption, whatever it was, he executed it well. And I love the fact that when the film came out, it wasn't a hit. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a hit at the theaters. It didn't make a big shed load of money at the box office. But it endured and it remains a classic till this day. So I love stories like that. So I, again, same analogy for business. You may not you know, make the splashiest, the most fanciest impact. However, <laughs> just be <laughs> resilient and hang on. So I, I, that's why I love that film. It's a lesson in patience, isn't it, I suppose? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I suppose we can do that as a parallel to your life as well sort of being patient, doing the lab work, but dreaming of doing something else. And then when (laughs) when you saw the escape, when you dug out enough of the dirt from the wall behind the Rita Hayworth poster, you were able to escape, I suppose. (laughs) Wow, I never never thought of it. That's actually a great way to look. No wonder I love the film. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And um, any other favourite art forms? Do you like art? Do you like... I do love art. I love... um, My favourite painter is Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm not Dutch, but... I think it depends if you're English or American how you, how, <laughs> how you pronounce it. I, I have no idea how the Dutch pronounce it anyway. I've heard Van Gogh, Van Gogh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I do love him. I love the use of colour. Mm-hmm. I love the splashes of yellows and blues. And in fact, I did a style shoot all in ode to this amazing, amazing, amazing painter. I just love his work. And for me, I've seen some of his paintings up close is the brush strokes, the dashes, mm-hmm. incredible, um, the textures. And also, I love that he went into a dark place because I believe that sometimes with creativity, um, you, you've got to go deep. And it, some of the cakes I do sometimes, people think I had this great creative process. Sometimes it's just sheer panic. <laughs> sometimes. That is invariably true. The best art seems to come out of... Of of people when they're not happy or or they're or they're stressed or or something isn't good in their lives, but they seem to produce the best art when they're up against it. If if life is good, if they have loads of money in the bank, if if they're not in jail, if they, you know, and I'm just thinking of Oscar Wilde from the, from that from that point of view, they do seem to to make their best art when when um, when the back's against the wall, which is interesting. And 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 you see 
musicians. I mean, um, people tend to write their best music in their 20s when they're poor. And then once they've got some money and they get older, they don't seem to compose anymore. Or what they do isn't very good. It's, it's just a very, very strange thing. But anyway, so do you have a special talent? I'm not sure that I do because I'm one of these people that I explore. I love exploring. So for me, I, I kind of think because I've been able to be a scientist and then a creative and, a, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think I'm kind of using up all my... Whatever it is, talent is. <laughs> you're, you're using up all your talent chips at the moment. Nothing's yet to come out, is it? No. Cashing them in. Yes, there we go. Okay, so let's move on to, to things which, which we consume. So in your house, you have a bar with every single drink in the world in it. Alcoholic or non-alcoholic, it's entirely up to you. What do you go to the bar and order? Anything you want. Oh, here's the thing. I actually like surprises. I don't drink alcohol. But I often say to the bartender or the waiter or whatever, mm -hmm. I would just say, give me your best non-alcoholic drink. I literally would just throw it out there. Mm -hmm. I tend to love citrusy drinks. So my fallback is always a virgin mojito, which is a bit boring, or a virgin pina colada. However, I do remember once at the Sofitel St. James, this waiter came up with the most amazing concoction. It was just delicious. I don't know what he put in it. I don't know what was put in it, but it was. It had fruit. It had everything in it. It was amazing. But um, ultimately, 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 there's this Nigerian drink called Chapman. Um, Chapman is, again, non-alcoholic fruity i don't know what's in it i think it's got some grenadine or whatever but it's incredible so that again is another drink that i i definitely would love okay wonderful and you're having a dinner party at home what food is going to be served oh i will serve food from every continent because i absolutely love dishes from everywhere so i will definitely have nigerian food the staple which is jollof rice, plantain, stew, meats, etc. Lots of meats, lots of veg. And then definitely something Chinese, definitely something Italian, definitely something, I don't know, um, uh, oh, South American. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. With the barbecues and the meats. <laughs> and then something fish. <laughs> That's another massive grilled fish. I mean, the table is going to be at least 12 foot wide, not long, wide. At least, I think, for what you're describing, yes. I mean, if it's a fantasy dinner dinner party, I definitely would. It'll, it'll have every cuisine known to man. I will dine mm -hmm. like a king. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so who is around the table? If you had to name anybody that you know or even don't know, alive or dead, who would you put around the table? Who would have the best conversation with? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I will definitely have... Oh, you said dead or alive? Absolutely. I yeah. will... Okay, great. I will definitely have um, Jesus at my table because, you know, I need to chat to him about certain things. I will have Oprah at my table. I will have Steve Jobs. I would have Van Gogh. I will have Oscar Wilde because someone's got to be the witty, mm -hmm. uh, funny guy. I will have um, a guy I'm obsessed with. He's called Will Gadara. He's very much about hospitality and excellence because he would oversee everything to make sure it's excellent. 
I describe him as Gordon Ramsay on steroids without the violence. Um, so he would be around the table. I would have um, the guy who designed the gherkin. Um, oh, my God. Can't remember his name. He's a sir. Uh, 30 Senax. I will have him around the table. Nelson Mandela, definitely. I will have the late Queen Elizabeth mm -hmm. because... <laughs> I want to know if her skin is truly as amazing as my brother says it is, because my brother, my brother looked after her once or twice. So I want to know. I'm curious. And yeah, I'll just go back. Maybe just maybe throw in um, Viola Davis, maybe throw in King Henry VIII, because I want to see what the fuss is all about. So, well, I think you would probably eat the table, I think. So that's for a start. Exactly. Remember my 12-foot-wide table <laughs> with all the food? He would eat that. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. I, I, actually, we've done a few of these, and that's probably the, the, the most comprehensive list we've ever got out of anybody. <laughs> so that's, that's very good. And and um, that's a table I would want to be at. Uh, for. Oh, I, sorry, I forgot Marie Curie, okay. a scientist, and also Fleming, the guy mm -hmm. who discovered... Um, Penicillin. Penicillin, yes. Sorry. Sorry, scientists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the harking back to your former life there. Wonderful. And actually, you you mentioned somebody before, um, the the person who was Gordon Ramsay, so I've forgotten the name. But With, all right. yeah, uh, Tell me more about him. I mean, because one question is, who is underrated, stroke unknown? And would he fall into that category? I think so. I think he's a bit of a, he's got a bit of a cult following in the hospitality industry, especially in America. Mm -hmm. I came across him when I watched a Netflix documentary about him a couple of years ago. And he is the type of luxury client that I, I talk about um, being very, and he's not just a visual person. He's much about atmosphere and feelings and the food and the balance. And mm -hmm. so, and he created with um, an excellent chef, the number one restaurant, I think, in the world, um, based in America. So again, and he's written a book called Extreme Hospitality or something like mm -hmm. that. I can't remember what it's called. So somebody like that who makes sure that the standards are kept in the hospitality and events industry, I absolutely love. And I love finding out about people way before they hit the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So I love discovering new and exciting people. Like Is there anybody that we should be looking out for then? Maybe a couple of names you can think of off the top of your head you, you've spotted early? Oh, ah, ooh, in, you mean in the events industry oh, or anything? Anything. Hmm, now that's interesting. Ooh. But if I give it away, people... <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. No one's listening. It's fine. If I give it away, people will be listening. I think there are a couple of florists that I do have my eye on at the moment. Mm -hmm. One of them is called Fleur. Oh God, Fleur something something. I will. I'll. I'll find out the name. Okay. Uh, so there's you know a couple of florists that I've been okay. that I yeah that I'm looking at at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So we all get very stressed out. We always we we all work far too hard in this industry. So when Elizabeth wants to just take a break, stop baking cakes. Stop doing her podcast on luxury business. How do you chill out? How do you relax? Where do you go to? Where's your happy place? My happy place is the library. My mm -hmm. happy place is um, a library. So British Library or Sofitel St. James. They used to have a pink rose room. So everything in that room, um, 
the sofas, everything was covered in pink roses. It was a pink fest. And then at four o'clock, they'll have a harpist come in and play. So for me, it's about escaping to places like that where I can have afternoon tea. I love afternoon tea. If anyone's listening and you want to take me out to tea, that is, you know, a weak spot for me. I do love afternoon tea. So that's how I escape. And I do love going to spas mm -hmm. um, where you can just chill, take a good book and literally forget about the world. So, yeah. So that's how I chill. Wonderful. And any particular country? Do you go away on holiday? Is there a place in the world? I do love. I tell you um, where I've been and I'm saving up my pennies so I can go again. In Italy, there's an estate called Il Boro and it's run by... The Ferragamos, I know it very well. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, and I love, if for me, it's the rustic opulence. So mm -hmm. it's not a chandelier and carpet, five-star kind of thing, but it's more like a village where you can run to and hide um, and chill. The air has got to be one of the purest airs in the world. I love, love, love that place. I've experienced it and the hospitality. I think they've got a Michelin star mm -hmm. restaurant on site as well. So again, you get good food, you get left alone. And if you want to do activities like horse riding or winemaking or whatever, you can do that. But yeah, that that for me would be would be perfection. Wonderful. Okay. And um, actually, a long, long time ago, I actually started doing weddings at the estate about twenty years ago. I was one of the first people that did it. So that's oh, wow. that's um, it's a very small world. It's a very small I know, world. Right? Very small world. <laughs> okay. Now we're going to find the naughty part of Elizabeth. So, what's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Let me think. Let me think. Um. Hmm. I think it was, gosh, okay, many, many, many moons ago when I was doing my MBA, we all got taken over to uh, the Champagne region of France, Reims or Reims, um, to do some work placement. And uh, a bunch of us, I think we had a day off. We, we had a day out to Paris and we ended up in this dodgy nightclub. It was really dodgy. <laughs> we ended up in this dodgy nightclub. And I just jumped on stage and I started dancing and all these men, you know, were beneath me. I felt like queen. <laughs> and I, I was dancing. So I think that was the most carefree mm -hmm. I've ever danced in my life because I do like to dance. It was the most carefree in my life. I honestly thought I was Tina Turner or something. <laughs> and um, I really honestly, I was like a man magnet that night. So that for me was one of the naughtiest things I've ever done. I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do legal drugs, sadly. Um, I wish I could, <laughs> I don't know how to, <laughs> and I don't want to, but that for me was one of my most memorable um, escapades. Is there anything you want to confess? Did you do something when you were a child that's really naughty and your, your, your brother took the blame and you... <laughs> for it and what you, really you did it or is there this is you are a good catholic i i suppose so here is the confessional yes yes yeah. um i wish there was something to confess because i i don't know if you know much about nigerian culture but as the first child and as a female first child i got the blame for everything mm -hmm. anyone did anyway so <laughs> unfortunately i wish there was something to confess but at this point, uh, nothing. Okay. Well, you're very innocent, obviously. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Hand and heart. Okay. Okay. That's wonderful. Um, so we're going to conclude things now, but many thanks to our guest today, a person of many talents and careers, consumer of exotic Nigerian non-alcoholic cocktails, piece of furniture at the Sofitel St. James, lover of afternoon tea, a man-magnet dancer at dodgy Parisian nightclubs, and like her hero, simply the best, Elizabeth Solari. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, James. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this RSVP podcast. If you'd like to go onto our mailing list or join RSVP, then please go to our website at rsvp.club or email me at james at rsvp.club. Please keep your feedback coming and speak to you all next week.